Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. You know, are, are, you, are you afternoon Thanksgiving people or are you evening Thanksgiving dinner people? And, uh, and there was one person... Uh, who said they're actually Thanksgiving morning dinner people. And I'm scratching my head. They have Thanksgiving meal, the entire thing, at 11 a.m. And then they just kind of roll from the table to the couch and watch football all day long, which I think that's great. But having Thanksgiving to me, like, before 5 o'clock just feels weird. Um, You're not weird if you do that. I'm just saying it just feels weird. Is that a good way to say it? But just preface, you're not weird. Uh, but, but it would be weird for me to join you at your Thanksgiving. I hope you have a place to go on Thanksgiving. If you don't, please let us know. We would like to help find a place for you to go. We don't want you to be alone over the holidays. There's plenty of awesome people that are part of the church here that would love to host you, love to have you part of their Thanksgiving. Um, Fawn and I, we would make room at our table if you had nowhere to go, all right? So we want to see everybody uh, plugged in and celebrating somewhere. And uh, I hope you guys have an awesome time on your Thanksgiving. Well, we're going we're gonna to jump into a new series uh, on legacy. And coming up uh, this, uh, just in a few weeks, we have our annual Legacy Sunday offering. And when you walked in today, you were probably given one of these cards right here. And on the card, um, it just says Legacy Sunday and the date. And then on the back of the card, there's three what we call lanes of legacy. And the reason we're letting you know, letting you know this now is uh, because our, our approach when it comes to generosity as a church is first and foremost, we obey the scriptures. What does the scripture say? And then we also follow the leading of the Lord in our generosity. And, and so I wanted to let you know, we wanted to let you know ahead of time so that you can prayerfully just consider where and what areas the Lord would have you generously sow into. Um, this, is, uh, this is above and, and beyond our tithes. We do this once a year, um, and we do it before the end of the year. So the children of Israel, if you're familiar with the scriptures, they would come three times a year. The men would present themselves, and they would all gather as, as families and grandpas and, and uncles and, and dads and sons and grandchildren. They would all gather together, and when they would come together, they would always have an offering, and they would do that three specific times a year. So here at Authentic Church, we do the same. Uh, Jason mentioned earlier uh, the ways of generosity um, as a reminder for people that are bringing their tithes or offerings on a weekly basis. But then three times a year, we follow the scriptures and we have a a formal time of offering. And that's where we just ask everybody, hey, pray and just obey whatever the Lord tells you to do. When we all pray and just ask God, Lord, what would you have me give? We know that every, every need in these different lanes of legacy will be met. And so uh, I hope that encourages you that, that you come prayed up and ready to give. When we give, we're the most like God. I don't know if you realize that. God so loved the world that he gave, right? So when you become a Christian and when you're generous, that when you, you, you've known that feeling of generosity throughout life, but when you become a Christian, you suddenly become awakened to the things. You know what? This is actually 
This is a God trait. This is a piece that God placed inside of my life, and there's something inside of me that comes alive. That's why everybody loves Christmas. Everybody loves getting presents on Christmas morning or their birthdays or what have you, uh, and you love getting it, and that's fun, but how much more fun is it to give those presents? You ever got a present for somebody, and you were just like, waiting, like you were just so stoked for them to open that present. You were just so excited, just waiting, waiting, waiting. Uh, my, my son-in-law, I have I have total of five kids, uh, four still at the house. My oldest, our oldest daughter is married, has got two grandbabies. And, uh, and so uh, my son-in-law played the most awesome trick on, on his six-year-old daughter, my, my, my grandbaby, Avery. Uh, he, for Christmas, he got this box and he just, man, he, he decorated it so beautifully, wrapped this box up and she opened it up and it was an avocado. <laughs> She's like, what am I doing with this? And he, every year he tries to do something just to like get the kid's reaction. It's like, nah, that's not really the present. Here's the real present, you know, like, da-da. And it's so fun uh, to be generous and, and, and to give generously. And when we, when we are generous, that excitement that you have, uh, you know, God has that level of excitement for you to open things up. And one of the things that he has for us to open up is the scriptures. And uh, Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, The generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. The generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. So all that to say, just take this home, pray about it, and see what the Lord would speak to you about, and then in the few weeks, we'll come and we'll, we'll present our offerings to the Lord. Well, we're in a new series that we've titled Stewardship. Unlocking supernatural provision. The key to unlocking supernatural provision is stewardship. And, and I find that, that uh, most people, that, that a lot of us want to give generously. We want to be generous. But I found that throughout life, there's, sometimes we can become hindered in our generosity. And I don't know if you can relate, but there were times where I felt like I wanted to be generous, but then I was afraid. I was like, oh, am I going to have enough of my account if I, if I, if I give this gift? Um, I'm, I'm, I was wondering, do I have enough money to be generous the way that I want to be generous right here in this moment? And, 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 I'll, and I believe that when you're a good steward, that fear goes. Because you don't have fear if I'm going to have enough because you know you have an account of what's in your bank account. And you don't have a fear like, is God going to provide because you know the scriptures, and then if, you, if you're a tither, you know that he promises that he's going to provide and take care of you. You follow me? And so I want to really speak to us over the next few weeks. We're just going to do a, a short sermon series on stewardship, and I really believe that there are going to be keys that God wants to give to us through his timeless, holy word that he's going to give you a key this morning and you're going to take it, and it's going to unlock some things in your life. I think all of us can relate that there's times where maybe we weren't necessarily the best stewards of our finances that we could have been. And suddenly we get to the end of the month, but we got to the end of our money like a week before the end of the month. Does anybody ever experience that where it's like, oh, where did all that money go? What happened? And, and, you know, we, we teach kids in school, we, we teach them how to, how, to, uh, how to learn to read and write, and we teach them uh, when they get 16 years old, we teach them how to drive a car, um, we, we teach them how to, how to prepare for an SAT, 
We prepare them for their, their college uh, courses and, and filling out everything that they need to fill out. So we, we teach our kids certain things, but somehow in life, especially over the last few generations, we've lost teaching our kids about stewardship. And, and most of us in this room would say, yeah, I never learned how to be a good steward in high school. I never learned how to balance the checkbooks. I didn't learn accounting practices unless I applied to accounting and took an accounting class in college, right? Most of us don't learn this, but this is something in the scriptures that you would see over and over again that God talks about being a faithful steward. And, and, and I wanna uh, share this. I love this definition from a gentleman named Pastor Robert Morris. Pastor Robert Morris, is a, he's been a pastor and, and involved in, in our life and in, in different areas of leadership. And he wrote this. He said, stewardship is the management of a property of another. The management of a property of another. And Pastor Robert, that was a quote from a book that he wrote, The Blessed Life, which if you're needing financial wisdom or if you need faith in different areas of your finances, I wanna encourage you, that book, The Blessed Life, literally sold millions, New York Times bestseller, it will change your life. One of the best books on the subject ever written. And, and my hope is that this series is gonna, it's gonna give you confidence for the financial season ahead, not just through Christmas and the holidays, but it would actually give you confidence heading into 2023 that you are, you are so confident in the areas of your finances and in stewarding that faithfully that no matter what comes your way, you have the revelation in faith because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 says. So we, we, you'll have that faith, but then you're also gonna have that level of stewardship where you know, I, I know the condition of my flocks. I know the condition of my bank account and where I'm at. There's a, there's a phrase in the Bible that we love to quote, well done, good and faithful servant. Who, who's ever, have you ever heard that scripture quoted in the Bible? Well done. And, and most of us would say at the end of my life, I want to live my life in such a way that when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We, we would say that let me ask you this, and I don't want to have a show of hands because I don't want to embarrass anybody. Do you know where that's at in the Bible? And most of us don't. And I'm going to show you the one place, it's only in the Bible in, in one area where it's specifically speaking to, and I'm going to show you where that's at in the Bible. We're going to unpack that this morning. In that phrase, Jesus uses that phrase in telling the parable of the talents and it's actually only in regards to how we handle money. The only time you'll hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, when you see that, it's only about those who handled and managed God's money wisely. Let's take a look. Matthew 25 is where we're gonna go, so if you have your Bible, you can turn anywhere you want. It's a free country still, but I'm gonna be in Matthew chapter 25 if you'd like to join me there in your Bibles. If you don't have your paper Bible, we got a big Bible on the screen here that'll be following along with me. Let's pray and dive into the Word of God and see what He wants to say today to each and every one of us. Amen. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, your word, your word is so rich, so full of wisdom. And Lord, that you said in your word that those that love it will eat of its fruit. And so Lord, we wanna eat of your fruit today. We wanna grow in wisdom, God. We wanna grow in understanding. We wanna grow in revelation today. And so God, I pray that you would breathe 
on the scriptures, breathe on our time together. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see something in your word we never saw. Open our understanding where we could see and understand and learn today in your word. God, I pray that we would have fresh revelation and that it would lead to transformation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Matthew 25, all right, you ready? Matthew 25, we're going to jump in in verse 14. And again, this is the parable of the talents. And when you hear the word talents, a lot of us think talent like gifting, like, like Isaac playing the guitar or Kara playing the piano. And we think talent, that's actually, there, there, there are scriptures that talk about being faithful with those talents, those giftings as well. Um, but this parable is specifically talking about talents in the form of money, okay? So Matthew 25, 14. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So pause, so the kingdom of heaven is like. So Jesus is sharing this. How many know that Jesus probably knows what he's talking about when he says the kingdom of heaven is like, right? Jesus knows what the kingdom of heaven is like. So here he is, and he's trying to help his disciples understand, let me share you what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's talking about stewardship here. It's, gonna, it's like a man who's traveling to a far country. The man traveling is Jesus, and he calls his own servants. That's us, you, me, followers of Christ, authentic church, and, and delivers his goods to them. The, the goods that he delivers is Jesus. So Jesus is the man traveling. Jesus gives his goods, that's his stuff, to them. You following me? Okay, verse 15. And the one he gave five talents, everybody say five talents, to another two, somebody say two, and to another one. Okay, so we got five, two, and one, okay? And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and then immediately he went on a journey. Okay, so paint the picture. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling on a journey. So Jesus says, hey, uh, and he comes to you and he says, all right, Chris, I'm going to give you five. Okay, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one, okay, and then I'm going to go away. And so Jesus says this, and then in verse 16 he says, then he who had received the five talents went... And traded with them, and he made another five talents. And likewise, he who received two gained two more also. Verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug, dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. It doesn't say his Lord's ability, right? This is again, it's just talking about money. Hid his Lord's money. That's the, that's what the Lord had given him money to oversee. Verse 19, and after a long time, the Lord of those servants came, and he settled accounts with them. All right, so, so Jesus is talking about money. He's not talking about ability here. And by the way, at some point, the Lord's going to come, and he's going to settle accounts based on what he has given to us. Verse 20, so he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents, and look, I've gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, and this is the only area where it's talking about it in the Bible, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful 
over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is the only time that you're gonna see those connected in scripture, and it's in this parable where Jesus is talking about finances. So amazing. A lot of people say, I, I wanna hear that. I, I wanna hear that. I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But we don't pause to think, okay, what are we talking about? Like one of my, one of my uh, pet peeves uh, in life was when I got saved, see, you gotta understand, I didn't grow up in church. So all the cute phrases that y'all knew because you grew up in church, I didn't know. So like when somebody said, we just wanna pray a hedge of protection around them, and I'm thinking like, a hedge? Bro, <laughs> a hedge, I've, 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 I, I remember like sneaking out of my parents' house and diving through hedges. It didn't protect anything. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, put a hedge of protection around them. Like, you know, like, what, what, like a hedge. I don't even, what are you talking about? You know, it, and we use these terms and phrases. And my, my kids, don't you ever sneak out of the house in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Bad things happen. Horrible things. But we pray these prayers. Like, put a hedge of protection. And we're like, I don't even know where that is, right? Or, or you know, we, we say these phrases like, yeah, I just want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, as if it's like this big spiritual thing because I dedicated my life to God and I worship my guts out and I'm, well done, Jeff, you know? And it's like, that, the Lord loves your worship. <laughs> the, the Lord loves that. But that's not what this is talking about. So maybe for some of you that grew up in church and you have some of the, the kind of the catchphrase scriptures, um, Maybe go find out what those scriptures are actually about before you begin to use them. I remember being caught off guard one time. I, I, I fell in kind of the trap of, you know, just kind of quoting some of these scriptures or whatever it is, you know. And I'd, I'd hear people pray at church when I was a new Christian, man. And, and I'm like, man, that's so good. My prayer sucks. This guy is so spiritual, you know. And, and so I would, I would try to, like, pray like that person. Like, I, it just weird. And so I'd try to pray, you know, with gusto and everything else and quote the same scriptures that that, and I was like the seven sons of Sceva, right? You know, it's like, you don't even know what you're talking about, bro. And, and, and so I remember quoting a scripture and the guy said, asked me, he goes, oh, do you know what scripture comes after that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, go read what comes after that and then tell me if you could quote it, you know? And I'm like, uh, okay, and I'm totally like misquoting a scripture, you know, and so like know what it is. So well done, good and faithful servant. All right, verse 22, we'll move on. He also had received, he who also had received the two talents, so we went from the five talent guy, the five talent guy came back to Jesus, he had five more talents, right? Now he's got 10 talents, well done. All right, now Jesus is going to the guy with two. So he also went to the guy with the two talents. The t guy with two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, and look, I've, I've actually gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm gonna make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Uh-oh, verse 24. He, then he who had received the one talent came and said this, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. The fact that he even said that, he doesn't know the, he doesn't know the master. It, it, he doesn't know the heart of the master. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping 
where you've not sown, and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And, and I was afraid. Fear in your finances, really in any decision making, is gonna cause you to do some stupid stuff. I was afraid. So I went and I hid the talent in the ground. Look, there you have it. It's yours. I, I hid it, I kept it safe. But his Lord answered, Jesus answered and said, you wicked and lazy servant. You know that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back at least my own with interest. Notice Jesus says, it's mine. <laughs> He's saying it's my money. It's my money. Verse 28. Jesus said, all right, well, take the talent from him, and I'm gonna give it to the guy with the 10 talents, so now you got 11. <laughs> for, to, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Point number one that I wanna make in our time together this morning is I am not the owner. <laughs> I am not the owner and you're not the owner. Everything we think we own is just on loan. We're called to be stewards of it, all right? We're not the owners. I, I love this, uh, Psalms 24, verse one. There's many scriptures in the Bible that reiterate him. This is a goodie. The earth is the Lord's, and some things in it. No, 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 it says, and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. All its people. Your, your kids ain't your kids. They're God's kids. You're, you're the steward. That, that, that spouse, that's, that's technically your spouse, but that's God's daughter. That's God's son. That, that job that you have and where you get that paycheck, that, the Lord provides that. The, the hunk of metal that you drove here today was made from ore and minerals that came out of the ground, the earth that the Lord made. That the house that you hopefully slept in last night and woke up in this morning, the wood, the stone, the bricks, the glass, all that came out of the ground of the earth to be able to provide a place for you to live. That's the Lord's. The food that you're gonna eat today, that delicious cheeseburger with that extra piece of cheese is from one of the Lord's cows on a thousand hills that lost its life for you to eat today. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Follow everything. I mean, just everything. That's why the Lord laughs when he sees some of the ridiculous, crazy things that evil people do in the world. It says he actually kicks up his feet and makes the enemy like a footstool. He just, he laughs at their plans. He's like, that's, that's not yours. I, I know you think you're really powerful, incredibly powerful, but you're not. And your life is like, here today, gone tomorrow. Are you gonna lay up for yourself treasures in heaven or are you gonna try to build your own treasure because that treasure that you're trying to build is just gonna be passed on to somebody else. And I can kick that sandcastle over anytime I want to.
Stewardship. This all started in the garden. This all started with Adam and Eve. God started in the garden. Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So God puts Adam and Eve in the garden to tend to, to steward what he has created. And he tells them, he gives, this, he gives them this reminder. He says, look, all the trees, I, I want you to eat from all of them. But just to remind you that you don't own this, that you're just a steward, just to remind you, there's one tree over here that you can't touch. Understood? And they said, yep. And then he leaves. And what do they do? They touch the tree. And Satan got them to buy into the lie. He said, when you eat of this, you're gonna be like God. And, and it wasn't gonna be like, like God, like there were gonna be many gods. It was that they were gonna be like God and they're thinking that they're the owner. They're not the owner. Only God is the owner. So Adam and Eve have stewardship and then they fall. And how did the, how did the devil tempt them, right? The lust of the eyes, right? He got them to focus on the one thing that they don't have that they really, really need. Hello, you're coming into the week where you are gonna be bombarded with the most incredible deals known to man one time only. You gotta buy it now because it's Black Friday and this deal's gonna just poof and be gone by midnight, right? And so there's gonna be droves of people that are gonna get fights in the front of Walmart for that television that's only 100 bucks, right? Spirit of mammon, right there, you know? Because they're so convinced. And the lust of, and, and people are gonna spend more because of the lust of the eyes and they're gonna put themselves in a difficult financial situation because they feel like they gotta have it. Or here's this lie, you know what? If my kids just had this, oh, they would be so happy. <laughs> it's not true, it's not true. Pro tip, by the way, for those of you parents in the room, we, uh, in our house, we do a deal where we do three gifts. This will help your budget, okay? Here's a, here's, a, here's a really applicable budget tip. I'm all about application, okay? We, 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 in our house, we do, the, the kids get three gifts from mom and dad. They get gold, frankincense, and myrrh, okay? Because we're, we're keeping Jesus, we're keeping Christ in the Christmas, okay? They get gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold gift, well, that's something they really want, like a bicycle, right? Frankincense, frankincense is something that everybody would, you could smell frankincense, everybody can enjoy it. So that second gift, that's a gift you're gonna share, okay? Whether you like, it's gonna have your name on it. It'll maybe be kept in your area of the house, but everybody can you, we all get to share that gift, right? And then myrrh, myrrh is something you need, like socks and underwear. It's not something you're excited about, but it's not really in the budget later on, so we're gonna give it to you now and we're just gonna, so here you go. Like, that, that, those were the worst gifts, right? You're like, oh, thanks, mom and dad, for socks and underwear. Great. And we got this on home video. Fantastic. <laughs> My dad would set up the VHS recorder, the big honking one, like CNN, right, you know? Or Fox News, whichever side of the aisle. So anyway, so he's sitting there with the cannon, and, and you know, he'd film us, you know, and kind of getting up and coming down to the tree, and, and then we'd have to pause. And then he'd have to attach it and, you know, and get it all set up. And then, you know, then we'd come back in like, you know, hey, you know. And then we'd have Christmas, you know. 
And then we'd take breaks because my mom was meticulous about gathering all the wrapping paper up and getting it out of the pictures and the frames and put it into the ginormous construction size garbage bag like you're going to do a renovation in a kitchen, you know. And there goes all the wrapping paper or we'd throw it into the fire, you know, whatever. And you take breaks. But for you parents, three gifts. You can, you can just say, hey, Pastor Jeff said three gifts is all you get this year. I'm sorry. You, don't bl- you can blame it on me. No, don't blame it on me. I'm just kidding. We don't own anything. God owns it all. We don't own anything. My money's not my money, it's God. Because you have, when you get that mental picture, when you get that revelation, when you think, God, this is really just all yours. Like, this is your shirt. Like, I remember I had an Apple Watch, and I had a guy over, and we were hanging out talking, and he really liked the Apple Watch, and he kind of made mention that Man, when the kids, once we get through this season with the kids and the college and everything like that, I'm going to get me one of those. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, give him your Apple Watch. And I'm like, <laughs> but God, I kind of, I like it. <laughs> but it's not yours. <laughs> so I gave him the Apple Watch. When you, when you view your stuff as if it's not your stuff, then it makes it so easy to give, Right? When you view your money as God's money, then it makes it easy to tithe. Like when I viewed my money as my money and, and, and they would talk about tithing or generosity or giving or whatever at church, and then suddenly it's like I got really tight on my wallet. <laughs> you know, it's like I wish I would have left this in the car. <laughs> I don't want to be moved emotionally, right? I heard, I, heard a, I heard a pastor talking about finances one time, and they said, you're really going to be upset with me, but the Bible says when you, if you, if you, with tithing, you either are robbing God or you're returning it to God. And I'm like, I don't think people will be upset with you if you really go and tell them the truth, because those that love wisdom, we actually love to receive wisdom. And if the Word of God says what the Word of God says, and I need better revelation in it, then you know what? I want to receive that. And, 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 and it's true. When it comes to tithing, we do have choices. We, and, and literally it says we either return the tithe, you return it. You don't give it because it's not, not ours to give. It's, it's his. And, and we, we return the tithe or we steal the tithe. That's actually what it says. I'm going to take you to Malachi 3.8 and I'll show you where it says this. Malachi chapter 3 verses 8, it says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, God, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? The Lord says this. This is the Lord's words, not Pastor Jeff's words. This is the Holy Bible, okay? Verse 9, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. By the way, the storehouse is the local church. The storehouse is where you get fed spiritually, Okay, so the storehouse is the local church. Do we give and support other ministries? Absolutely. Uh, do we? You, you get a big bonus and you want to, you know, bless somebody that's in need? Absolutely. The tithe goes to the storehouse, the local church, and then the that's an off. That's what the Bible calls an offering, something above and beyond the tithe. Right? Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Floodgates of heaven, and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room to store it. And then he goes on and he gives this promise that he attaches to it here. 
He said, if you do this, I'm even going to prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. It's not going to be sour. It's going to be God's blessings. It's going to be perfect in your life. You know, if we, if we truly love wisdom, like it says in Proverbs 4 9, it talks about loving wisdom, eating of its fruit. If we truly love wisdom, then we're saying, okay, Lord, I want to receive this. I want a fresh revelation on this. I want to apply it into my life. Will you show me how? When you, when you have that heart and you're really seeking to live right before the Lord, it's amazing the way that the Lord will speak to you and the doors that the Lord will begin to open in your life. So I have a friend of mine, um, uh, Pastor Mike Rovner. Some of you have met him. He's ministered here before. Pastor Mike, he's, he's a pastor in his own home church up in Ventura, California. Uh, and he's a marketplace ministry guy. And uh, he's also one of the elders for Authentic Church. And, and Mike runs a multi-million dollar uh, uh, company. Uh, and it's just beautiful to see what the Lord has done in his life. Mike, when he first got saved... Uh, he, was a, he was a drywall guy. So, you know, you, you have a bad day, you come home, you punch a hole in the wall, Mike's the guy you call to fix it, okay? <laughs> so, so Mike's a drywall guy, and he's just driving around. He's got an old junky pickup truck, and he's got uh, buckets that he keeps and some tools there, and he'll come around, and he'll, he'll fix the drywall, and he'll paint and spackle it and do all that stuff. So that's Mike 20 years ago running around in his pickup truck all over uh, Ventura County and the valley and everything like that, going and doing these little repair jobs. And, and then, uh, then his name gets tossed around to some different people that are looking for a good guy that they, they can rely on because they own some apartments in the area. And they're like, hey, could you come in and could you just do some fixes to some of the apartments? Could you, we, we had some people move out and there's stuff on the wall and Mike's like, no problem. So Mike would go in and, and he would do that work. So that's where Mike started and then he gets saved. Well, then as he gets saved and he goes to church and he learns about generosity and, and tithing and, and he feels, you know what, if it says it in the Bible, I'm, I'm just gonna do it and I'm just gonna trust God. And so Mike, I, I, he's just got that simple faith, right, you know? Um, and, and by the way, God loves a cheerful giver. If you're not excited to give, can I just tell you as your pastor, please don't give. <laughs> People are like, whoa, what? Yeah, if, 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 if this feels heavy to you in the lanes of legacy and you pray and you just feel like, I don't wanna give anybody my money, please do not give. Because God does, he, he doesn't want you to give that way. He loves a cheerful giver. And so Mike learns these principles and he begins to tithe and he begins to give generously. And his, his wife's a hairstylist and she's cutting hair. And, and, and little by little, as, as he started doing that, suddenly he got bigger jobs. And now people are saying, hey, we, we actually own a, a few different apartment buildings. Can you come and take a look at these? And in addition to the drywall, we were gonna actually swap out uh, these, these kitchens. Can you do that? And Mike's like, yeah, sure. Mike, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, the guy, he, he doesn't know how to do construction. Like, literally, all he knew how to do was drywall, right? One of the easiest things in construction. But man, when you need a good one, you need a good one. And, and so Mike's like, yeah, I can do it. He's like, how am I going to figure this out? Lord, lead me to somebody. And then Mike prays, and the Lord leads him to somebody that says, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do all the cabinets. I can rip those out. Great. You're going to be my subcontractor. I'm going to sub this out to you. So Mike would get the job. 
as a general contractor, and then he would sub out, okay, you're gonna do the cabinets, okay, you're gonna do the plumbing and the fixtures and stuff like this. I can do the drywall, I'll make them, I'll pay myself on this job, make five, 600 bucks doing it, but we'll go ahead and we'll renovate these. And he started doing those. Fast forward over 20 years, tithing, giving generously. Mike's company now has grown to the largest renovation construction company in California. They literally have offices here in Orange County. They service LA, Orange County, um, up in Ventura County, up into the Bay Area. They have a branch that's over in Texas and in Florida doing stuff. Like, it's just exploded. And, and, and when you listen to Mike, one of the things that I love about Mike is he's so simple, so practical. He's like, all I do is pray and obey. And some people look at my business and they're just wowed by it until they meet me and then they're not so wowed. <laughs> Mike's a really humble guy. <laughs> and he says, the Bible is clear and I just tithe and I gave generously as the Lord led me to give and the Lord prospered me. And then his wife who was cutting hair and she was a hairstylist, her salon grew and her clientele grew and she got some pretty high class clientele coming in and then one day they opened a salon and now she runs one of the most high-end salons in all of Ventura County. It's amazing what the Lord does when you're just a faithful steward. Somebody say faithful. So let me, let me the second point I wanna make, so number one is that I'm not the owner, right? We're not the owners, God is. Number two, I am a steward. Everybody say I'm a steward. Let me give you four distinct aspects of a steward. So four distinct aspects of a steward. Number one, a steward doesn't own what he or she is responsible. I, I don't own it. Number two, the steward carries authority to manage what's been entrusted. Okay, you've been authorized, you've been deputized, you've been commissioned, you've been given the authority to do what he's called you to do. Number three, a steward is not micromanaged. God doesn't want to micromanage you. He wants you to manage what he's entrusted into you. Number four, a steward will give an account of how they used what was entrusted. We just came out of a sermon series on prayer, and I hope you were blessed and encouraged, and, and, and we tried to provide a few different resources over the course of that sermon series. And one of the resources we did is as we taught through the prayer of Jabez and the Lord's Prayer, we gave the, the prayer card. And, and when we did the teaching on the prayer of Jabez, a really in-depth teaching, you saw that Jabez prayed this prayer, and it said the Lord answered. And, and if you're not familiar with it, we'll throw it up on the screen. I think we have one of the slides there, 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, increase my influence, Right? That your hand would be with me. That's the spirit of God, the hand of God, the spirit of God. Let your spirit be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And it said, so God granted him what he requested. When I read this, what strikes me is, if God granted the prayer of Jabez, if God granted him what he requested, you know what that tells me because of the nature of God? Jabez was a faithful man. If God enlarged his territory, if God gave him more of his own land, God said, hey, you, you, you've done well with that patch of land. I'm gonna give you actually more. I'm gonna give you this region here. Because you were faithful, I'm gonna give you more. This is a principle we see all throughout 
the scripture. So Jabez was a, a faithful steward. And, you know, the, the nature of God is when, when, when we talk about stewardship or we talk about finances, please hear me, God is not trying to get anything from us. He's actually trying to get something to us, and he's trying to teach us that it's, it's actually, you're gonna grow as you're faithful, as you're a wise steward, you're gonna grow so much that then when the blessings that I have for you come, those blessings aren't gonna wipe you out. The worst thing that could happen, and we've seen it over and over again, the worst thing that can happen is when you, you have a very wealthy individual and they pass away and they leave this massive amount of money to their children and rather than give it to him, give it to their kids incrementally, they just cut them a big old check. And it absolutely ruins the kids, right? You've seen it, you've heard about it. Or how about the lotto winner that won whatever that, what was the crazy lotto that just happened like a billion dollars or something ridiculous, two billion. Thank you, Bob, I see that hand. So two billion. Like that's, that's, an, that's an insane amount of money, right? That somebody, okay. The vast majority of the lottery winners, I wanna say it's like 98 or 99% of them, they end up being broke within 10 years. How does that happen? Stewardship, poor stewards. They do not have the wisdom to steward that level of money. So then they get the money and then it passes through their fingers and then they're like, what did I do? Like it's painful when you see athletes that made incredible amounts of money but they were spending it as fast as they were making it and then they're selling their Super Bowl rings to be able to pay for their mortgage and eat. It happens all the time, why? Lack of stewardship and we look at that and we go, man, if that happened to me, gosh, if, if, I, if I received that, oh man, if I had that paycheck, oh man, really? How are you managing the finances you have right now? Everything in life comes down to stewardship. When I was uh, living at my mom and dad's house towards the tail end of my tenure under mom and dad's roof, uh, there was a few times uh, where I just kind of felt like I needed kind of room to stretch. And, uh, and, and sometimes that was, that was hard for my dad or my mom. And my dad would say, uh, son, this is my house. Anybody ever heard that? <laughs> You, let, you leave your food out, you left your cereal bowl, you, you know. One of my brothers, uh, I won't tell you which one, uh, but one of my brothers, he used to like eat in his, in his room, and then one day there was like, my mom was like, where are all my plates? Where's all my, where's, where's all the cups? Where? And it was like under his bed, you know, and it's like, you know, you know growing a colony, you know, and it's like, my, it's like my parents would remind us, this is not your house, right? Maybe you've heard it said too. This is not your house. My dad's like, as long as you live in my house, son, right, anybody heard, finish the sentence, you're gonna live by my rules. <laughs> do we have the same dad? <laughs> dad, do you need to talk to me about what's going Right, as long as you're in my house, you're gonna live by my rules. Let me tell you, as long as you're in God's earth, as long as you're in God's house, you're gonna, as long as you're using God's money, we need to live by God's rules. And I find that a lot of, lot of people in the body of Christ, they're what I would call spiritual teenagers. <laughs> and we're, we're pretending like it's ours and it's not ours. 
and God's saying, I want to prepare you for adulthood. In other words, I want to mature you. You know the big difference between spiritual maturity and immaturity? A spiritual teenager versus a spiritual adult? Stewardship. Are you a faithful steward? This is talking about money, and that's the focus, obviously, of today's message, but think of other areas of your life. Stewardship. When we're good stewards, it's amazing how we begin to grow and mature. So talent. So talent, talent was a sum of money. Okay, talent was a sum of money. So, you, so I'll, I'll just break it down basically to just kind of illustrate. So we talked about the five, the two, and the one, right? We have the, with the five guy. The five guy got five more, and then he ended up, the, the unfaithful servant, he ended up the, the one that was called wicked and lazy. Harsh words, that's what Jesus said, called him wicked and lazy because he didn't properly manage his money. And so the Lord takes from that one and he gives it to the five guy and the five guy that had 10 now has 11, okay? A talent, that sum of money, the talent, um, if you took a look at it, that talent of gold was the equivalent, the equivalent of a, a lifetime of wages, okay? So, and remember, at the beginning of the parable, the Lord gave them a sum of money based on their ability to manage it, Right? So some, some people in the room, you're, you're, you're a five-talent guy, you're a five-talent girl. You, 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 are, you are good with money, you're diligent with work, you're successful at what you do, you're a five-talent. God wants to grow that. Some of you are a two-talent person, that's twice as many as, as the average person's earnings. You're gonna, you have the ability to make double that. And, and that two-talent person, they were so faithful with it that the Lord blessed them with twice as much. So that went from two to four. The one talent person that just dug it, that, 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 that was it. The Lord's saying, at least you could have put it in the bank. You, you, you robbed me of the opportunity to bless you. you, you I, I wanted to bless you, but you didn't step out in faith. You didn't, you didn't take that risk. You didn't launch. You didn't, because you were so focused on just save, 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 and protect, and protect, and protect. You actually, yes, savings is not bad, but if you could have taken that, and you could have sowed that into a business, sowed that into an investment, sowed that into an opportunity, sowed that into your own life, you could have grown it. And maybe you're sitting here today, and you're like, man, I'd love to be the five-talent guy, Jeff, but I know that I'm not. I'd love to be the two-talent person, but I know that I'm not. I'm just a one-talent person. You don't have to stay a one-talent, that's okay. But you don't have to stay a one-talent person. None of us do. You don't have to stay a one-talent person. Well, well, how do I grow? Faithful. Be faithful with what you got, where you're at, and see what the Lord provides in your future. Maybe it's going back to school or learning a trade or uh, taking evening classes or starting that business. It's amazing how, how many business opportunities are available to us. In the day and age that we live in, it's never been an easier time to launch your own company or side business or whatever. And my accountant would tell you that is always a good idea, okay? It's good for taxes, <laughs> okay? Have a, have a business, a side hustle, whatever it is. You can grow that one talent to more. Another thing that keeps people back from, from living generously is just we want it, we gotta have it, and I want it, I wanna want it right now, right? And so people, what happens is we, we get this fresh revelation, like I was sharing about my buddy Mike Rovner, get that fresh revelation and things are going good and I'm tithing and I'm giving generous, et cetera, and then what can happen to us sometimes is as we begin to experience a little bit of level of prosperity, 
and we start to loosen up the proverbial belt buckle on the budget, we go, oh, I got room for this now in my budget. And, and then we overstretch and buy a car that we couldn't afford. It was just a little bit too much. Or, or we get into a house that was, just, ah, man, that was, I don't know that that was smart. And we overextend ourselves. And then because we're overextended, when an opportunity for generosity comes, we're like, I'd love to, but I can't because I'm too strapped budget-wise. I remember Fawn and I, um, we're married and we were helping, we were working in business, we were associate pastors uh, of a church in Ventura when we moved there from Seattle, Washington, and, and uh, we ended up uh, just being only able to have one car. And, uh, and so we were driving around and our family's growing and, and our needs and ministry and stuff. I needed to be here when she needed the car with the kids over here. And it was just always like something. And we were just praying and, and, uh, and my, uh, my grandma blessed us with her old car. And it was an, an old uh, uh, Buick and uh, we called her lovingly, we referred to her as Silver Sue. <laughs> The license plate had Sue in the license plate. And she was this old silver, uh, excuse me, not a Buick, it was an Oldsmobile. And it had this really awesome, rockin' awesome, like crushed velvet uh, maroon interior. It was just, it was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. You never saw anything like it in your life. But when we got that car to have a second car, like, dude, I was so stoked. And you know, and it's like the classic. In, in my when my grandparents bought the car, they bought it brand new, and they liked it so much. My grandpa literally went down uh, the year the year later, and he bought the next year's model of the same exact car, same color exterior, same color interior. So when you pull up to their house and you open the garage, they have two identical cars. One's just one year newer, and you're like, why? <laughs> They love that crushed velvet maroon interior and dash. I don't know, you know? So we had Silver Sue, and can I tell you, rocking down the road in that thing, it was so awesome. And it had the seat, the armrest in the front seat that you could put up so I could literally sit, all six of us, my whole family, we could sit there and bomb down the road. And, and she would just kind of float. You know how old cars just kind of like float like that? You know, it's like you gotta be careful turning that wheel, man, because it's gonna take a while, you know? But she just kind of floated down the road, you know? Silver Sue was just epic, man. We loved it. And then one day we were blessed to the opportunity to be able to give Silver Sue away. Actually gave her to a family and one of the gals that we gave it to, she wanted to be baptized uh, this past summer. And so she literally drove all the way down from Ventura to be baptized here at Authentic Church. And she remembers what we gave her family, that, that, that car, Silver Sue. Silver Sue is such a blessing. Silver Sue, we love that car. Some people would look at it and be like, what a dumpy car. But I was like, dude, I love this car. I'm so grateful to have a second set of wheels, man, with a wife and all the babies and blah, blah, blah. I was just like, man, I was excited. And that car represented for us delayed gratification. It's those two words that we, we hate to hear, but it's a good reminder. My mom would always remind me when I was young and I really wanted something, I was the kid where money would burn a hole in my pocket. Is there any of those guys there? Like if you got money, burn a hole in my pocket, right? And, and delayed gratification was so hard for me to accept. It was so hard for me to hear. But 
man, delayed gratification. When you waited, you saved up for it and you bought it. So, so good. All right, to be a good steward, three things. You need to do three things. Number one, spend wisely. Number two, save diligently. Number three, give generously. So maybe you're here and you want to grow in your stewardship. Like I said earlier, I'm all about application, okay? I'm all about application, and I want to help you with that. And so a few things here that I want to end as we end today, um, I want to leave you with a few things to help you in that. And number one is tithe. I want to encourage you to tithe. And let me just outline what the tithe looks like. When I get paid, my paycheck comes in and hits my bank account. I do not pay the rent, pay the credit card, pay for gas, pay for groceries, pay for Hulu, pay for Disney Plus, pay for Netflix, pay for Apple Music, play, pay for Spotify Music. I, I don't pay all these stupid subscriptions and everything else, and then whatever's left over, then I tithe. That's actually not the tithe. That's, that's tipping God, not tithing. The tithe, it's, the, it's not just 10%, it's the first 10% that leaves my hand. That's the tithe. Why did Cain and Abel, why did they have uh, different feelings when it came to the tithe? It's, it's because Abel, right, brought the best right away. Cain, it says, actually, over the course of time, he finally brought it to the Lord. The tithe is the first 10% that leaves my hand. It's the first dollar amount that goes out of my bank account. That's the tithe, okay? Number two is get on a budget, okay? Get on a budget. One of the resources that I love is through mint.com. I've used this for years. It'll actually be really fun for budgeting. I promise you, I hated budgeting. I was the guy that's like, I'm just gonna make more money than I spend and figure it out. And that works until you spend more money than you actually made, you know? <laughs> then you're like, I'm an idiot, you know? So, so mint.com is actually a really easy to use, fun budget tool. I promise you, if you take time to set it up, it's gonna be awesome. The people that own QuickBooks, um, TurboTax, et cetera, they own this. It's a great, secure, amazing uh, budget tool. Fantastic. I recommend it to everybody that I do financial counseling for. I highly recommend using mint.com. Do not be like my friend who came home as a newly married man and walked in the door with a massive uh, package in the shape of a guitar. And his wife's like, what's that? And he said, oh, I spent money on this guitar today. She's like, how much? He said, $3,000, newly married with no money. That was a cold night in bed for my buddy, okay? <laughs> Don't be like that guy. Get on a budget, all right? Simple math, everybody should know when it comes to, when it comes to your budget. It's real basic. Expenses, right, or your income first, right? Income minus your expenses minus taxes. We hate that word. But if you start a business, it'll help you. <laughs> Minus taxes, all right? And then that's what you're left over with, okay? This week you have time off. Take that time to actually put in a budget. Number three, have accountability. 
Fawn and I have a dollar amount where we do not spend above that. We're not allowed to spend above that dollar amount, but up until that dollar amount, whatever she wants to spend it on, baby, have at it. Whatever I want to spend it on, I get to do it. No questions asked. That's Jeff's money. That's his fun money. I can do whatever. If it's bigger than that, then we need to talk about it. The challenge a lot of people have financially is because they're counseling themselves and not seeking wise counsel. If I'm gonna go buy something, I need to talk to somebody that makes more money than I do. My wife makes the same that I do because we share the checkbook, right? So get accountability, have somebody in your life that you can speak to. And then the fourth area is pray for supernatural provision. So going back to the tithe, so I tithe, and then I pay my rent, then I pay the credit card, then I put money aside for grocery and eating out and entertainment and whatever, and then it's like, oh no, well I don't have enough money for whatever it might be, a need that arises. Pray for supernatural provision, right? Malachi 3.8, go back to that scripture. At the end of it, in verse 11, he says, I'm gonna prevent the pest from devouring your field. Okay, Lord, I'm praying for supernatural provision. I'm stepping out, I'm doing this in faith, Lord, and I'm believing that you're actually gonna protect that which what you said. And so you said to test you, I'm testing you. And you pray and you ask, it's amazing the good deals you suddenly find, the opportunities that you suddenly find as the Lord begins to bring things to you. So I'm gonna end here with Matthew 25, 21. We'll go back to that and I'll have Kara come up and play on the keys for a second here with us as we close out today. Matthew 25, 21. The goal of all this, right? Good stewardship, we wanna unlock the supernatural provision of God. It's that the Lord will say to us, well done, well done. You're a one talent person, man, well done. The Lord wants to tell you, well done, you managed that one talent well. You're a two talent person, well done. You're a five talent person, well done. He wants to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. Now I'm gonna make you rule over many things. Maybe you're here today and this message is encouraging, challenging, convicting, but in your heart, you know it's true because it's the word of God. And there's something inside of you, there's faith that's rising up inside of you saying, you know what? I'm gonna make the decision today to be a better steward. Just go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. I just want ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your world, wherever you're at with your finances, your stewardship, just ask, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me? And if you've been maybe a little bit reckless in the finances and just haven't been as maybe focused and a good steward of those areas, just ask God to forgive you. God, would you forgive me for my lack of stewardship? Would you forgive me for buying stuff that I didn't need? Would you forgive me for not honoring you, pretending like I own it all and you are the one who owns it all? Would you forgive me? And God, would you give me wisdom now? Give me wisdom, give me help, give me understanding grow my knowledge, grow my understanding, grow my wisdom in my finances, grow my knowledge of budgeting. I'm asking you to help me. I want you to partner with me, Holy Spirit. I want you to partner with me. Teach me. 
show me. Lead me to people that can pour into me. Lead me to that, that, that person that's good with accounting that's going to help me with my budget. Lead me to those tools on finances. Lead me in those areas. And God, I pray as I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm committing to being faithful. I want to be faithful and I'm going to be diligent. And Lord, as I do, I, I want to thank you in advance for all the provision I know you're going to bring. And in those times where I feel weak, God, I pray that you would just whisper, give me strength, calm, peace, perspective. And in those moments, God, that I will stand in faith on your word because you are not a liar and every word of you is true. So I stand on your word. God, help me to be a faithful steward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, hey, if you're here and you're saying, man, I, I really do, I would, I would need some financial assistance, um, I, we're going to send a text link out, um, and you can text in on that, and we'd be happy to get some, some resources into your hand. Um, also, uh, on the Lanes of Legacy, one of the things that we have on there is a benevolence fund. And the reason that we have that, it's to help those within the community when they go through difficult times. And through your generosity, we've literally given over $20,000 away as a, as a church. And we've been able to help a lot of people within our community that had specific needs. I'm not called to help everybody in Costa Mesa with their finances and all their issues that they may uh, deal with. But as a church body, as a family, we want to come together and walk alongside of you and help you in wisdom and then also help you if you find yourself in a gap where you're just like, man, we ran out of month before, you know, we ran out of money before the end of the month. If you're in a financial position heading into the holidays, I just want you to know we do have a benevolence fund and there's a process of approval that the elders have and there's some stuff that would be filled out and some different lessons that would be uh, need to be coached through. Uh, but we do have those things available and we'd love to be able to resource you. Why don't we stand and then I'll pray a blessing upon you. We are having baptisms today. Uh, for, for those of you that are able to stay, I don't know if there's anybody that's here to this morning but if that is being baptized, but if you're here and you have given your life to Jesus, you'd say, I'm a Christ follower, but I've not been baptized. Today is your day. As Jason said earlier, today is the day, the greatest decision you can make. If you need to leave, go get your kiddos, go have an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, we want to, we'll see you back here on uh, next Sunday. Let me pray over you and then we'll dismiss. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your word that's true. Thank you, Lord God, for providing. Thank you for your supernatural grace. God, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for speaking to us in wisdom. God, I pray blessing upon your people today that we would go forth and that we would hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Authentic Church. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.